All right. If you would turn to your in your Bibles to First uh, Samuel chapter two for me, brother Roger. Thank you for the opportunity to do this. I, I don't take this lightly, and I recognize the position of this pulpit and what it stands for, and what you stand for. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about. You walk with the Lord, and my walk with the Lord, and how you can make that a little better. And a lot of it just has to do with my testimony. But I, I want to draw a few comparisons in uh, in Samuel, First Samuel chapter two. Well, let's back up to First um, Samuel chapter one. You know the story of Hannah and how Hannah wanted a child, and God didn't give her a child, and she prayed, and God didn't give her a child, and finally God answered her prayer. And Hannah was faithful. Hannah trusted God. Hannah trusted God no matter what biology said. It wasn't a factor. I believe she knew that. If she didn't know that, then she wouldn't have put her faith in God and trusted God for it. Then on the other side of it, you have Eli. Eli was a high priest. You have a housewife and a high priest. Housewife had more faith than the high priest. The housewife served God with all of her being while the high priest let his sons run around and steal the offering and fornicate and bring reproach on the name of God. What a shame. But you know who God blessed? God blessed the housewife. God blessed the lineage of the housewife. God blessed her children. God blessed her. So I want to get in here today and talk about Samuel. Samuel, boy, he he just had the upper leg. He had the upper leg because of the faith and the prayers of his mother. You know, in that regard, I've had the upper leg. My father's here today. Dad, I'm 33 years old. My parents got married in this church, and my parents are still here. Dad, I am who I am today because of you. God has blessed me because of you and because of Grandpa. I'm a fourth-generation Christian. I won't take that lightly. I can't take it lightly. My son is a fifth-generation born-again Christian, 10 years old. It is a blessing, and I, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm encouraged. But we have Samuel, and even as a young boy, Samuel ministered to God. If you look down in uh, chapter 2, verse, uh, where is, I'm going to find my notes here. I got four pages of uh, chicken scratch. There we go. Verse number 11. It says, And the child Samuel did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Do you think Samuel as a child knew that he was ministering to the Lord? I don't think so. Samuel had an attitude of obedience, though. Samuel wanted to please his authority. Eli was a father figure in Samuel's life, and he wanted to please his father. So what pleases God? 
when you honor your father. It pleases God when you try to minister. So what's ministry? Well, ministry is simple. It's service. Selflessness with the right motive. Service with the right motive. When you go and you mow the minnick's grass, that's ministry to God. You're ministering to the minnicks, but you're also ministering to God. When you ladies cook meals, you're ministering to God. When you pray for your pastor, you're ministering to God. When you prayed for me tonight, because you knew I was going to get for that's ministering to God, because it's a selfless act. Something beyond yourself. God blessed his ministry. Now, the comparison to that is Hophni and Phinehas. Now, the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, and they knew not God. The Hebrew word for Belial was devil, so they were the sons of the devil. Man, I don't want to be ever labeled as the son of the devil. And they were the high priest's son. Man, what a reproach on the house of God and a reproach on the name of God and their father. They dishonored their father. Not only did they dishonor their father, they stole the offerings. They stole something that wasn't theirs. Samuel gave of himself, Hophni and Phinehas took. Samuel honored, Hophni and Phinehas dishonored. By the way, Samuel lived a long time and they didn't. God killed them. He took them out. Look down at verse number 18. Again, we see it. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with linen, ephod. I don't think God takes your service lightly. But it has to be more than just your service. God wants your service. God wants to use you. Look over in uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 6. It says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. When you serve God and you serve God and you just go on day in and day out and day in and day out, when you're ready, God will give the increase. And you're faithful. Back over in, uh, in Acts... Acts chapter 13, verse number 2. Um, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So this is, they were just doing their own thing. They were just ministering to God. They were doing what God told them to do. They were obedient. And, and then when they served God, and when they put their faith in God, and they got self out of it, then God was able to bless the church, and he called two missionaries, Paul and Barnabas. But he can't do that if you're all wrapped up in yourself. So on our walk to a Christian life, a prosperous Christian life, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is an inexhaustible subject. Brother Roger is a student of the Holy Spirit. Brother Roger, I, I love you and I believe in you. Because I know your heart. And I believe that you walk with the Holy Spirit. 
But as much as my pastor and my friend walks with the Holy Spirit, there's always room to be improved. It's always a little bit deeper. There's always another layer on the onion that you can uncover. So past ministry, how, how, do you, how do you get a little closer to God? Well, you honor God. But Lord, how can you honor God? Well, you can commit your works to God. Do all under the glory of God. You can work hard and carry your own burden with honest work. You can be grateful. Man, I got a problem with that one. I, 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 I tend to um, find something negative. The Lord's been working on me about that. The Lord's been showing me that, man, as, as bad as it is, it's always somebody got a little worse. So it's really just not that bad. Pursue excellence. You want to honor God, you pursue excellence in your life. Everything you do should be unto the glory of God, for His service, for His kingdom, for His glory. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to be excellent in everything that you do. Pursue excellence. Don't be passive about it. This one's really one that gets me. I'm defiant. My personality is defiant. My flesh is defiant. I'm a type A personality. I like to get it done. I don't like excuses. I just like to do what I want to do. You want to honor God, you obey the authorities. You, you get all bent about Biden and lose your burden, you dishonor God. My flesh really, really, really just wants to do whatever Lauren wants. I just want to be a maverick. I want to be my own man. I want to do my own thing. God knows that. That's why God has to keep some restraint on me. He puts a knot on my head every now and then. Probably a lot more than it should happen, I'll be honest with you. So then how do you know God? So you minister to God, you honor God. How do you know God? Adrian Rogers said that you're never going to know God by Bible study. You can only know God by obedience. So I'm self-employed. I have my own business, and I have for a long time. And about three years ago, I decided I wanted to get in the marine business. By marine business, I decided I wanted to build boathouses. And a pretty good idea. Pretty lucrative, good opportunity, a lot of potential. So I looked at all the pros and cons of it, and I thought I made a pretty good decision. I bought me a pile driving barge. First time I had it out, I sunk it. Right to the bottom of the lake. Thing weighed 15,000 pounds. So I got it out of the lake. Yep. Should have took my sign then. Fast forward two years. I had to rebuild the whole thing. It cost me a bunch of money. 
I, I put about three times what the barter's worth into it. But I was too far. I couldn't stop. I just had to keep going. February 22nd, 2023, my birthday. I was 33 years old. I was sitting at a table with my friend, Brother Lewis, Brother Brent, Brother Doug. And we were at a business seminar. And I don't know about you, but I felt the Spirit of God move in places other than the house of God. And the Lord told me, February 22nd, 2023, he said, you get out of the marine business. You've got no business in the marine business. Well, I already had bought another truck, hired some more guys, doing a bunch of other stuff, marketing it, changed my website. I was pretty deep into this thing. Had five weeks worth of marine work to do on the books. And God said, you can get out of that. Clear as day. And uh, you know what I said? I said, okay, after I finish these two jobs. So we schedule these jobs. I buy all the material. I'm not talking little jobs either. I'm talking big jobs. And um, very first day, get out there, Lake Livingston's, it's Gulf of Mexico. It's four-foot wedge. You can't do anything. I lose a whole week. I had two of them going. So finally, about the fifth day, I finally get out there. Weather's calmed down enough. I can get out there and I can drive some pilings. I'm excited. I got every man on deck driving these dumb pilings. Big eight by eight by 30 foot posts. Water was eight foot deep. So I get my barge out there. I'm going to do this thing. We get about from here to those back doors and the lower unit in that thing and the motor goes out. And you're not stopping. The thing weighs 15,000 pounds. You're not stopping it with a paddle. So <laughs> that thing just bam right into the wall bulkhead so now i'm pushing this thing around with a pole trying to get it all anyway we got the first piling set second piling i got it stuck 24 feet in the air this thing's out of the water this thing weighs about 800 pounds and uh anyway got it down and this thing it basically it's a big tower it's a big old boat big old steel hunk of Big hunk of steel, big a trot line weight is what it was. <laughs> but it um, had this tower on it, and it's got this hammer on this tower. You run it up the top of the tower, and then you just bam, 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 drive these sticks in the mud, basically. Just big sticks. So um, we got this thing stuck, finally got it cut down, and my hammer that weighs 700 pounds was stuck 24 feet in the air on this tower. And... Now I had to get the whole thing down. Well, I got all the weight up top. If you know anything about uh, physics, you know, having 700 pounds, 24 foot up the pole isn't too good. So we get the thing back down. We get it, I get it ready to lower down. I start, this thing's all hydraulic. I get it about halfway down, and the thing just broke over, and bam! And when it did, I saw that tower just, it bent. I destroyed that whole barge. It was useless. So now here I am, and God told me, he said right there, you're out of the marine business. <laughs> I drove one piling. <laughs> yeah, it was a short career. And um, so that was April of this year, by the way. 
So I had all this money tied up in this thing. And my, my whole intention was that I was going to do these two jobs and recoup some of my money and then sell all the equipment and get out. That wasn't what God told me to do. And I knew it. I'm just going by what I thought, by man's reason, by my reasoning. And so I hung my head. I had to go back to my customers, two customers. Now, this is five weeks of time that I had blocked out for these two jobs for all of my men. I had to go back to these customers. I had to refund them all their money and tell them I can't complete your job. Probably one of the most humiliating things I've ever done in business. I've never not one time been able to finish a job. It was my own foolishness and my own disobedience. So I prayed about it overnight, consulted with my leadership team. The next day I called my customers, and, man, God just gave me favor. Gave me favor with both of them. They accepted the, the money back. Determined it. Now, I had removed their boathouses. They have no dock. These are lake houses. They go there on the weekend to play, and now they got no place to put their boat, two of them. And so I'm kind of in a pickle. I'm at their mercy. I mean, you want to sue me? I really got, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to do it, but it doesn't matter. So anyway, God gave me some mercy there. He gave me favor with those, with those guys, and God let me out of it. But my point in all that is if I had just obeyed God, if I had done what God told me to do, number one, he could have started using me a lot sooner than that because right after that, my business really started making some strides, and, and God started dealing with my heart, and he started showing me things in my study, and my, my spirit was just revived. But my knucklehead self just had to wait three months to do that. And so, obedience. Obedience to the voice of the Lord. If you recognize the voice of God, you better not pass it up. That's what I did. It cost me a bunch of money. But in the grand scheme of things, you know what? The Lord just gave me a little slap on the hand and said, Son, don't do that again. He's merciful. I didn't get away with it. But I learned my lesson, and I didn't, it didn't cost me near what it should have. It should have made me go bankrupt, honestly. So, recognizing the voice of God. Turn to uh, chapter 3. Verse number 1, again, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Samuel ministered. Samuel was just doing what he was supposed to do. But he had an attitude of obedience. When Eli needed something, Samuel was right there. I just picture Samuel being the guy that anything you want done, he's just going to run and do it, kind of like my friend Samuel back here. You tell Sam Clark to jump, and Sam says, how high? That's the attitude of a servant. He just wants to please you. I believe that's what Samuel here wanted. So God knew that he could count on Samuel. I don't think God will waste his time talking to you if he doesn't think you care. If you don't trust God, you don't honor God, you don't minister to God, why would God talk to you? 
Why would He answer your prayers? Why would He have any relationship with you? You don't want to have a relationship with Him. I don't think He will. And I don't think I'm out of place for saying that. Chapter 3, verse 4. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here am I. But he didn't know who he was talking to. He thought he was talking to Eli. But he had an attitude of obedience. Verse number 6. And the Lord called yet again. And Samuel rose, went to Eli and said, Here am I, your servant. Your servant answers. Now Samuel did not yet know the voice of the Lord. The difference between me and Samuel here is that I knew the voice of the Lord. I've heard the voice of the Lord before. I recognize the voice of the Lord. Samuel didn't. I got a knot on my head. Verse number 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And then we know the story. He goes to Eli and Samuel says, I perceive, or Eli says, I perceive that this is the voice of the Lord. So Samuel goes back to bed and lays down. The Lord calls him again. And Samuel says, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Samuel had an attitude, not only obedience, but he had a servant's attitude. He was, Hearing my Lord. What do you want me to do? How can I serve you today? If we just get a hold of that, if I just get a hold of that, if I had got a hold of that on February 22nd, 2023, my life would be different right now. But God was merciful. God gave me a reprieve. So, to know God, minister to God, honor God, and obey God. When you do those three things, then God will be able to start to use you. God will be able to talk to you. But when you hear the voice of the Lord, especially for the second time, and you know without a shadow of doubt, sometimes... The voice of the Lord is not so direct. Maybe you have to put a fleece out. Maybe you have to find the mind of the Lord. That wasn't the case with me. Not on that incident. I knew it was the voice of the Lord. Just my old defiant self. I thought I knew better. I thought I knew better than God. I mean, how arrogant is that? When you hear the voice of the Lord, acknowledge it. Remember it and obey it, and God can use you. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are. Samuel was a child. Samuel, he couldn't be more than six, seven, eight years old right here. He was a young boy. I got saved when I was 13 years old, June 17, 2003. When I got saved, I decided I was going to serve God. And, man, God just been so good to me. He spared me from world of hurt, world of sin. He spared me from heartache. But I never took the time, 
made the effort and made a conscious decision to obey God and minister to His people. Guys, I, I'm 10 years behind where I should be spiritually. I don't want to be a babe in Christ. I was a babe in Christ in my entire 20s. I'm 33 years old. I ought to be way past where I am now. But when you're so wrapped up in self, and you're so wrapped up in what you can do for you, and when you're so wrapped up in your ego, God can't use you. There have been times when, when I did better, and I wanted to serve the Lord, but my old flesh just always get the better of me until I fully surrendered. Guys, young people, you will never, ever, ever regret giving yourself to God at a young age. Austin, how old are you, Austin? 14. Any other young guys in here? Samuel, how old are you? 21. You boys will never regret if you fully give yourself to God. It's one thing to be born again. You can be born again and live a defeated life. You can be born again and not have a relationship with the Father. That's what I did for over a decade. Almost two decades. So, decide. Decide today if you haven't done it. You're going to serve God. You're going to obey God. You're going to honor God. You're going to minister to God. You're going to minister to God's people. If you do that, God will bless your life. God will bless you. And you'll have peace that you never had before. Brother, Thank you, church. Appreciate it.